I'll be able to do that for you if you'd like tonight also as well. No, I'll keep it late. Somebody is asking me, how long, long has I ever talked at one time? Not in a preaching, but like in a class once without, before the first break was about two and a half hours. But we're not going to do that tonight, okay? But I do want us to thank you. And, you know, we think about Thanksgiving. We're getting to the end of the year. We're thinking about things to be thankful for, things that happen in our life, things that's been going on this year. And certainly for me, I have one area to be very, very thankful about. And that is, as you can see, I'm up here on my feet tonight. Praise God. Went to the doctor this past week on Thursday. Got a good report. He said my right foot looks almost normal now, which is great to hear. The left foot is healing correctly. And so I just want to really extend appreciation to the church here in Dangerfield once again for your prayers, your support of us through all of this uh, surgeries and things going on that happened this year to allow this to happen. I had already thought that I would probably just be living with that for the rest of my life. It was something hereditary that they said that I have. And four out of the six orthopedists I went to said, there's nothing that can be done for your feet. So I was so happy when I got the opportunity to hear from here, a, a sister, and talking about her nephew who had been in an accident, had his foot worked on in Dallas. And she gave me that referral. And so I'm very happy, very thankful for that. And I know, you know, it says you, when, as a church family, we, we, we share times of joy and we walk through that joy together. And we share times, you know, when it's sadness, we all feel sad together. And I know because a lot of people talk to me and say, Mark, every time I see you take a step, I was hurting watching you walk. So I thank you that you were feeling that for me, sympathizing for me with that and wanted to see something get done about that as well. I'm so thankful that the doctor also said we take crazy cases and he said I was crazy enough. So I'm very happy for that this evening also. But I just want us to think about this and, and talking about feet and things. And, you know, there's one of my x-rays. I thought about putting a picture of my foot with the stitches on it and everything after that. But after eating, I don't think any of us want to see that. And any of us who have had some kind of surgery, we know it's not anything that many people would like to see. Now, the picture above is the first Sunday after, after I'd had the foot surgery, the youth came over and they sang a devotional at that time. And they said I was kind of out, it, out of it with the medicine that I was taking at that time. But I came over asking them, do you want to see the pictures? Do you want to see the x-rays and all of those things? But I just want to say thank you again. And I remember that very moment. Be very special in my life to remember that, to know everybody came over and has been praying for us and everything that they've done. But I did show one picture that shows one of the screws they got in the back of my foot just for you to see what happened there. But talking about feet tonight, I wanted to think about feet in the Bible. We see quick feet is usually something very dangerous, but we also see about a walk with God. And Tim said it so beautifully this morning in 1 John where it says, whoever wants to walk as Jesus must walk as Jesus did. And there is no doubt about that. So as we look at tonight, I want us to look at John chapter 13 a little bit to see the moment of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And thankful for the Lord that in his word and God's word, I'm so thankful that he shows us this side of Jesus and who he is and who God is and how he loves us tremendously, how much he loves us passionately, that he was willing to do whatever needed anytime as he was here as a servant. He was king. He was all of these things in the class that we've been talking about on thir- this past Sunday morning in our classroom. We talked about Jesus being the lion, but also the lamb being God and being also man, being king and also being servant. All of these different things is who Jesus is. And he manifested it in his life. 
And when you get to John 13, Jesus knows he's going back to be with the father. Wants to show the people, the, the disciples, the full extent of his love. And as we start here this morning, this evening, not, not this morning, this evening. Okay. John chapter 13, verse three through five. I want to read to us first or verse two, actually. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things, all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And I want us to see the very first thing that Jesus wants to show us tonight or God shows us is that I'm thankful for our feet and Jesus washing the disciples feet because it teaches us about serving others. John 13 verses three through five. Jesus said himself when he was here on this earth, the son of man did not come to be not come not come to serve, come not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus and his word also says, serve one another. And even as we see in this case here in this very moment, Jesus is serving. All of those are there, even knowing the one who is going to betray him is there with him. But yet he still washes his feet as well. So when we think about service and we think about what Jesus wants to teach to us, the last things he wants to teach us, first of all, is to serve one another. Serve with a heart of gold. Serve not wanting anything back. Serve just because it's the thing to do. I loved how Johnny, Charlie's prayer this evening, right before the meal, said, God, use our bodies until we're worn out and then we're with you. Lord God, help us to serve and use our bodies. And when we get to him, we say we don't have anything left, Lord, because we used all for you while we were here on this earth. Lord God, may that be our prayer. May that be the way that we think and the way that we walk and the way that we talk each and every day. May we become servants of God. That when people look at us, they don't see us, but they see Christ. And when they say, thank you for that service that you did or whatever it is that you've done in your life, we can give praise and you can give praise to the God who allowed you that opportunity. It's great to know when Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's workmanship, craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared them. It's him that prepares every single work that we do. And in all of our service to God, may we give him all the glory. May we give him all the honor. I love this verse and thinking of Jesus here. And you see that Jesus washing the disciples feet. If you're in Pittsburgh, you walk by, you drive by where they have the big bell there. And there's a statue there of Jesus washing one of his disciples feet, Peter's. And then also, if you go in Longview at the university there, there's another statue of there of Jesus washing his disciples feet. Why is that so impactful? That it's even in front of the place in New York of the nations talking about Jesus washing people's feet. Because it means serving one another. And you know what? When it talks about serving one another and we think about that this evening, it's not just those we want to serve, those we want to help. But even those that we think I'm too good for. And hopefully we don't ever even have those kinds of thoughts because with service. With service where Lord, our Lord God and Savior is first in our lives. It's not about us. It's about him. And with service also comes, as we're going to see here in just a moment, humility. John chapter 13, verses 12 through 16, as Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. And he's asking them, do you understand what I have done for you? 
Jesus says these words. When he officially, in verse 12, when he had finished saying, washing their feet, he put on his his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is, a mess, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. John 13, verses 12 through 16. No servant is greater than his master. No master is greater than his servant. Jesus, being Lord, being teacher, being master, being king, got on his, put the, way, put the towel around his waist. And wash their feet. Now, if we remember about that, talking about that, Jesus is one time at the house of a Pharisee. And when he's at the house of that Pharisee, a woman who is a sinner comes up. We know, we understand she's a sinner. And as she goes up to Jesus, she begins to wipe his feet with her tears. And the Pharisees are looking there and saying, what kind of woman is this? He, should, he shouldn't be allowing this to happen. If he knew what kind of woman she was, he wouldn't allow this to happen. And Jesus says to them, when I came into your house, you didn't wash my feet. But this woman is washing her feet, my feet, with her tears. Now, you think about that. You see how the Pharisees were treating Jesus at that time. Okay, they didn't even offer him to wash his feet when he came into the house. Which was one of the customary things that they would do when somebody would come into their house. The person who would wash the feet would generally be the lowest of the lowest positions. And yet nobody washed his feet except this woman who came in and washed his feet. And Jesus there at that moment would say what? He said, he who has... Been forgiven little, loves little. He who's been forgiven a lot, loves a lot. And in that very moment, showing the compassion and love. And for Jesus now, here at the meal, getting ready, gets down and takes the position of that woman washing the feet of his disciples. What humility it is. Philippians chapter 2 says, verse 4 your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, considered himself to be equal with God, considered himself nothing, and made him like man. Made him like us. Jesus left the throne of heaven with all the glory, with all the honor to come and live among us. And Jesus said to us, I'm willing to wash your feet by the blood that was shed on that cross. The blood of Jesus that washes our sins away. What an awesome thought. And Jesus left that for our example for us to do also. And when he's talking about humility, he says, he who exalts himself will be humble. But he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus says, who wants to be great among you should be the servant of all. 
So we see in Jesus, knowing that his time is coming to the end, that he's going to the cross, showing the full extent of his love, at this very moment, wanting to teach them still. It's about serving. It's about humility. It's about life in him. And then we understand that it's all based on another emotion that Jesus has. Another part of who he is. John 13 verse 1 and 2 says it was just before the Passover feast. When we go back a little bit, Jesus knew that the hour had come to him, leave this world and go to the father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And when Jesus is talking about love, he goes on to say in John 13, uh, John 13 verse 34, he says like this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Loving unconditionally, loving the way our Lord loved us, showing his humility and his service to us. First Corinthians 13 says, doesn't matter what we do under the sun, if, we, if it's not with love, it means absolutely nothing. And Tim, as I know, as he said in 1 John, is going to be talking about love a lot in there when we get to chapter 4 and chapter 5. And it says the reason, the reason that we love others, what's the motivation of our love is not based on us because I don't love enough. I don't know about you. Sometimes I get upset. Sometimes I think things I shouldn't think about somebody else. I get mad. I get upset. Maybe envious, maybe jealous. I don't know. All those kinds of things that may come to us. But there's something that controls me and says, don't be like that. God's Holy Spirit, his word gives us that. But his spirit telling us, don't do that. Walk in the way of light. Walk in the spirit. Be led by the spirit. He says, we love because he first loved us. We love because God loved us. So how do I understand and how am I able to practice love? Because I understand the love that God has given and extended to me. Don't you find it a little bit easier? Maybe sometimes, sometimes somebody's going through something and you're like, well, they shouldn't be that bad about it. But when you find out that you're going through that same thing, oh, it whole changes altogether. And you realize it wasn't as easy as maybe as you thought it was. We love because he first loved us. And so for us to understand that love, all of us need to understand one thing. We were all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But we thank God for his indescribable gift, who is Christ Jesus, our Lord. In all of those things, what happens, though, in our lives as Jesus is teaching us, if we live a life of service, live a life of humility, live a life of loving, what is the result of that? Listen to what he says here in John 13. 30, uh, 13 verse 17. I already read it, but I'll read it again. Now, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you think about them. You will be blessed if you talk about them. You will be blessed if you do them. Amen. And that's kind of like what Tim's lesson is this morning. If we want to walk as Jesus does, we must we want to be with God. We must walk as Jesus did. And Tim, look at there also. I'm going to quote you again this morning. 
He, he's liking that, okay, maybe. <laughs> now that you, what? Know these things. Have confidence in these things. You want to live a blessed life? Serve. Serve with humility. Serve with love. And the Lord will give and bring many more blessings than you can think of. And we can be as Jeremiah, even in the time in Lamentations, when he was thrown into the pit. And he's, all of these things happening to him, he could still say, count your many blessings. Count your many blessings. Lord God, we thank you for your great love and who he is. And thinking about feet, thinking about what we can learn from this right here, sets us up for one other thing about the feet tonight. And it'll be quick. Don't worry. But if we look in Ephesians chapter 6, as Paul is talking about the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shield of grace, all of those things, the faith, and all of those things that we have, the helmet of salvation. And he says, have your foot, your feet fitted for the readiness to go and preach the gospel of peace. You know what? I don't have pretty feet still. They might work right now, but they're not pretty. And we may all have some ugly feet. Some of you probably don't like to take your shoes and socks off in front of anybody because that's the way I've been for the most part. And don't worry, I'm not going to start walking around where you can see my feet now. But I will say this. You want to have pretty feet. Be ready when the opportunity comes for you to share the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The gospel of peace. The gospel of peace as even in this whole armor that is on us and we're in this battle with our enemy. That even when our enemy, we are against our enemy or whoever is persecuting us, whoever is talking about us. Lord God, give me the strength with all the armor that you have to be ready to give them the gospel of peace as well. Not just those I want to give it to, but even those who may even deal wrongly with me. Or badly with me. Whatever kind of word you'd like to put in there at this moment. How beautiful are those feet as we think of them. And in Romans chapter 10 verse 14 through 17. When Paul is talking about the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he's talking about the gospel being spread from place to place. Talking about this gospel that we have. Talking about who Jesus is. Talking about the opportunity that all the Jews and all the Gentiles have the blessing of being able to come into Christ. It's still the same today. Do we want to have blessed feet? Do we want to have beautiful feet? Listen to what he says here. Romans chapter 10. Starting in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are the feet of Henry Buckner as he's going into those prisons. And speaking to people about the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How beautiful are your feet. And where you work that when you go there you represent Christ. And you have the opportunity to tell them the beautiful story of Jesus. And what he has done for you. 
and what he can do for them as well. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, as it says in Isaiah chapter 52. And we want people to understand the message of Christ. And so it says here, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. We have God's word. Let's take this word. Let's carry it with it in our heart and our mind. And with the people who are around us. Lord God, help us to have not only conversations about things of this world. But conversations about you with those people who are around me. Each and every day. Because of who you are, Lord. And what he has done for us. So in the end, if we, were, we can either have ugly feet or we can have beautiful feet. As it says in Proverbs chapter 4, looking at this last verse here in verse 26, says a scene, it says like this. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Your word is a lamp unto my path. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. You know, I'm happy that my feet are doing much better. But I'm still looking down to make sure I don't fall down. I'm looking for those little pebbles and those little rocks. Because now that I understand why, when I was in college, I could be walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden fall when it was a little pebble like this. To understand why. Even though they're good now, I'm still looking and making sure and seeing if the path is clear. Jesus has made the path. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The message of the gospel is Jesus has has died on that cross for your sins. Have you responded to him? I heard in a song today, I thought something says it was so beautiful. I I went under the water to be overjoyed. Have you had your sins washed away? In baptism, as it says in Acts twenty two sixteen, we want you to know that offer is available tonight to each and every one of us that are here that are not in Christ. God loves you. And we all want to walk on this path together. God has done something beautiful with our lives, something beautiful with what he has done for us, that we today can be called the children of God for as many as who believed in him. He gave the right to be called the children of God. This night, this evening, if you need any prayers, we want to pray for you because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the power of our God. And we believe just as David continued in prayer, we continue in prayer. And as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, be joyful, always pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Lord God, somehow, someway, in the good times and the hard times, you are my God and you are working. Do something beautiful. Come as we stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C 
dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.